authentic. Uh, sounds authentic. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't sound cookie cutter. Right. We became cookie cutter. I shouldn't say parody. Right. We became cookie cutter, and I think that's what that, that'll give and generic. Yeah. yeah. And that that's I think what what happened to metal. So let me ask you a question. Since Paul's been asking all the questions, because <laughs> I can never get a word in there. Doesn't shut up, right? Oh, dude, do, it, be, do it while he's sipping on his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome everybody to another episode of Half and Half Podcast. Hey. Hey, boo. <laughs> I was about to drink right before I said that. Please. <laughs> What's up? What's new? Nothing, man. It's been a bitch of a week. Why? Let's start off with you first because mine's depressing. Um, It's been interesting. Um, Yeah, yeah mine's, mine's been a little depressing too, but I, I don't want to really get into that. Yeah, I don't think you can. Um, although courtesy of a, a good friend of ours you know we've we're making some new potential progress with the guitars yes even um, though we keep saying it every episode the guitars are coming out the guitars well, are coming out they are they're just sitting there yeah um but we're trying to make deals to make our life a little bit easier to make yes. it more plausible to be able to produce a little bit more um so we're getting we're getting closer slowly but yeah. surely we're getting closer yeah so um I mean, really, other than that, I mean, you know, I, I, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, I did use the Ouija board this weekend. Dude, I was going to say that. <laughs> and as as bad as I want you to talk about it, I just feel like you're just building up good material for our Halloween I episode. Know. And the thing is, it's like fresh in my head. I have taken notes and written yeah. down what's going on, but... Um, it's crazy. Well, it's crazy tell, shit. Something tells me you're going to continue to play until fucking halloween so i mean you'll be all right yeah maybe but that's been fun i think i think you do need to make note of the recent coincidences that have been happening yeah for sure yeah. i'm gonna have to talk about that yeah. i know and people are gonna be like what the hell do we have to wait till october i yeah. don't know I yeah mean, motherfuckers really? yes it's called anticipation no i feel like i feel like we've got to have an early haunted you, halloween what episode yeah dude you want to do halloween in july Dude, because then How by the time you? Halloween comes, How we're going to end up doing like five-part episode. That's fine. You want to know why? Why? Because I don't play with the devil, so I don't have shit to say. <laughs> we just rely on you. <laughs> uh, so what's been up with you? Hey, did Tony ever hear the last episode when I called him out? He did. And is he going to be on? And I asked him, I said, so what's up? Are you on? And he goes, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he said. Eventually. I Whatever, said Tony. Yeah. Well, that was an open invitation and you just you just lost it. Yeah, right. He's always welcome on no, this. No, no, no. No. Oh, stop. Only when there's half. It's got to be a whole, Adrian. Bull, really? Yeah. Okay. You remember that. You remember what you just said <laughs> when we talk about shit and two days later, you're like, so I decided to do this. What happened to the fucking half? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's only a good decision oh making. shit okay stop it sometimes uh you know sometimes you need uh you need to act quick and you're, you're just, not around you're just lucky i'm an agreeable lovable guy yeah that's true otherwise who knows where we'd be right now i just slap you on the butt and say cheer up <laughs> it'll be all right it's funny that it's funny you say that because you actually have done that before yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anything else oh man well my week's been eventful to say the least mm -hmm. today 
Speaking of coincidences, I woke up a little earlier. I dropped my kid off, right? Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm gonna my wa- kid. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> Your stepchild. <laughs> I said, I'm going to warm up the car. I go warm up the car. I noticed my daughter's got fucking ice all over her window. I said, I'm going to be a good dad and I'm going to take it off. I start scratching it. I look down, her fucking tire's blown. Oh, that's today? That was today. So that's why I was a little bit late because I had to step into dad mode and change that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And then, bit of bad news. Yesterday, my grandpa passed. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we're dealing with that. Oh. I was going to cancel, but I said, you know what? Art does not sleep for no one. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Uh, like you. I said, my condolences to you and your family. Thank you. Um, sucks. Yeah. It's it been a lot of death in the last couple of years. It has, dude. But uh, but you're, you know, trucking along. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm staying strong for my mom. Yeah, you know of course. Yeah, you, you kind of have to be. Yeah. Especially, like right now when we're done, I got to go pick her up just because she's in the I don't want to be alone phase. and Yeah. Or stage, I should say. So no holding hands today? Uh, duh. You're going to walk me to my car. <laughs> So with that being said, we have a special guest in the studio who's, Speaking of holding who's looking at us in a very uncomfortable Please introduce me so I can say I'm sorry about your grandpa. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> not pretend like I'm not here. <laughs> so we have with us in the studio today, Mr. Pepe Clark Magana. Hello. I'm sorry about your grandfather. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, Pepe was... Uh, Sitting there awkwardly as we're staring into each other's eyes, talking about holding hands. I love that your podcast is half and half, and the one with your wife is like, oh, together for the dogs. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Makes sense. And then, you know what's really funny? She gets so pissed off at me because when we do that podcast, I'm kind of like, I don't know, I have like an attitude where I'm just kind of like... <sighs> like an attitude or I don't an be attitude? Here. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then so she's always like... Why do you sound so happy when you're with Adrian, and with me it's like a, like a chore? And I'm like, well, because it's only for the dogs. It is a chore. <laughs> exactly. I'm doing it for the dogs. <laughs> exactly. We put it in the title, Danny. <laughs> right. Don't you get it? Exactly. I've already told her a million times. You can't front on this, man. She knows I was here first. Yeah. You know she can't, and and she and I and I remind her of it all the time. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I just have a habit of drinking coffee, and I know it's. You take sips before every word you say. I know, say. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> makes for awkward silence, Paul. I don't think it's good for podcasts. And it makes for ugly noises on the fucking microphone. Hey, like, I don't chew my gum at least. Oh, sorry. So Adrian here, though, chews gum all the time. I do, because you say it makes you it makes you hungry. When we were kids, you I would answer the phone. You'd be like, are you chewing gum? And I'd say, yeah. And you'd be like, oh, my God, it makes me so hungry. But that's what I mean when we're, when we're actually on the phone. Not when we're uh, doing our podcast. Hey, man. It makes me so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he keep chewing it. And then he would get mad at me for chewing ice on the phone. Oh, it's the worst. That's annoying, uh, dude, dude. ASMR, I don't understand it. I really don't get how people want to listen to people chew. I don't get it. You know, They don't. Nobody uh, does. I, well, apparently millions do. There's millions this, do? Dude, have you they seen like that? that? The, the you've ASMR? seen the ASMR channels on YouTube? No. Dude, these people that literally, they call, they're called mukbangs, right? So they just get a shit ton of food. And the whole video is them eating near a microphone. And you hear every fucking slurp, chomp, crunch. And, and people... Millions of views. What? Yeah. Why dude. am I not doing this? I eat <laughs> all the time. I'm fat. <laughs> you know what? That should be the next venture, dude. What? 
Start getting Peppa started on an ASMR channel. Dude, yeah, imagine like, and you can have the food like on your snare. Oh, so you're behind yeah. a drum incorporate set. The drums. I incorporate the drums. Yeah, make dude. it make it a a thing. <laughs> yeah. Every time you take it's a bite, you hit thing. the hi hacks. Yeah. You, no, you could put pizzas on on the cymbals. <laughs> <laughs> they won't last long. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So there's this. I don't like the ASMR shit either. But oh, fuck there's no. this one guy that he'll cook a, a meal. Guy? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, he'll you just cook made it worse. The craziest meals. Uh-huh. Like he will get, for example. Uh, he'll do like a slice of cheese, a slice of ham, a slice of cheese. Like literally like a hundred of them. Oh, you're talking about them. the Chinese guy? Yeah. My wife loves that guy. Dude, and then at the end, he'll like, he'll <laughs> eat eating it. eating it. Yeah. Oh, dude. I like it when- and people when, love this? Yeah, dude. dude. I, I love watching it it's too. It's crazy. It's crazy the things people will do knowing that nobody will know that they're watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like oh, I'm going to sit there here and watch this. Nobody knows that I'm doing it. And yeah. this is what I love to do. The, the crazy part that, that baffles me about this day and age is- you're a talented person. Does it strike a chord that all these people are wildly famous for zero talent? I, I mean, no. I I guess what upsets me is that I don't think of these things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean like, I, I don't realize that there's this market yeah. that uh, I could have taken advantage of. Right. You, you know? still can. It's never I guess you can, yeah. But no, but it's true. Like what he's saying is a lot of time now it becomes like oversaturated when it's kind of like, damn, 10 years ago, why did I not think... To just record myself eating. Here's food. the thing, though, saturated or not, there's a different angle you can go about it. Mm-hmm. Do you like Mexican food a whole lot? I do. I've I have yet to see one Mexican AMR ASMR, ASMR guy, so you can just binge out on tacos and corner shit. Of that market. Yeah. I like it. That's, that's, you're right. That's a good point because they're usually like Asian girls, and they're eating like fried chicken. Yeah, really like, yeah. weird shit. It's so fucking weird. Or like squid, something that's like really slimy. Live octopus and whatnot. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, wow. And then like this some is of them. Me. This is blowing my head. <laughs> but then there's also the ASMR where they just whisper. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. What What is ASMR? An uh, acronym for audio sensory something or other. Really? I I never yeah. know. So like girls will sit there with like really long nails, and they'll touch the mic. And they'll just whisper things, like yeah. random things. But they they have like such a sensitive mic that you hear every like crackle and it's the weirdest shit, dude. But people, people love, love it. it. Yeah. They love it. Like apparently people like to go to sleep to that shit. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Maybe it grosses the, me out. Maybe the eating, I could sleep to that. Like, no, <laughs> no, man. It's the crunchiness. I I get the crunchiness. Other than that, I don't get it. You Maybe get you could do one for, like snoring for people that are lonely, so they can they think they're, idea, they're sleeping dude. with somebody else, dude. <laughs> you know, that is fucking genius. Uh, I'm stealing that, dude. I'm just gonna record myself at night. Yeah. Yes, dude. That is actually pretty smart when you think about it. It's like I read a uh, meme the other day. Said, "What is it that people that snore? It's just a way of like." Being able to say, like, look at me, I'm, I'm asleep and you're not. It's like a way of bragging. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I mean, I'm sure, like, dude, people pay to get cuddled at night, at night you know what I mean? What? Right. Yeah. Dude, there's there's professional cuddlers. Have you ever heard of that? Dude, I'm going to do movie? that. Do you remember the movie Young Guns? Absolutely. You remember oh. they go to a whorehouse and then- the All dude, he wants to do is- Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. He's like, ma'am, I just want- want you to hold me yeah <laughs> okay charlie 
but it all costs the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, oh, shit. That's with uh, Emilio. Yeah. That's right. right. That that's movie's a good fucking amazing. Yeah. Really the best. Is. Yeah. It really is. One the best. and two. Yeah. I like two the better. Better. The better? The, the better. Better. Really? Than, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm more partial to one. Two is really good. Did you guys ever see, speaking of Emilio, one of my favorite movies that nobody really talks about, it was with him and Charlie Sheen. It was called Men at Work. Oh, yeah. yeah. The truck driver. Um, garbage. Garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, dude. Yeah. I, I can still watch that movie, and I love every second of it. But, like, nobody talks about it. It's, it's weird. such that a great movie. It's weird that they're brothers. That's the weird part. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's weird that you and I are brothers, and we are lovers at the same time. <laughs> It's called incest. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't like to put it out there, Pepe. We know what it is. We just don't like to bring it to light. <laughs> so, Pepe. So now that we have you here, yeah, um, let's make a prop proper introduction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Pepe is no stranger to interviews. Nope. And uh, that is exactly why this is no not an interview. This is more of a conversation. But we do have questions. We cool. have. Uh, very, very personal. No, no. Bring them on. <laughs> I'm an open book. Um, did you have anything that you wanted well, to? I mean, should we get allow, into first? A lot better to give them. Yeah, of give course. A bit of background? I would love for you to talk about a little bit of kind of who you are, what yeah, bring, you're working on. Like, bring our bring our eleven listeners up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I was doing the math. Remember, we said oh, because yeah. of Jason, it's a half. It's a half. So, so ten and a half. So that's point five, right? But then with Eric, Eric, it's three quarters. Oh, you're so right. that's point seven five. So when you add them, nerd, it goes to <laughs> it's twelve point two five. Oh, we got twelve point two five listeners. Twelve point two five listeners. Yes. yes, I like it. Thank you for that, Paul. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, if, uh, talk a little bit, just who you are. Um, I am, my name is Pepe. I am a drummer. Um, that's what I uh, set my set myself out to do in my life. And uh, I've been playing drums since I was a little kid. I play in a band called King. And I play in a band called Strife. And uh, I moved, I grew up in Juarez, I moved to California when I was uh, 18. I lived there for 14 years, and I moved to El Paso seven years ago, and I opened a school called Let There Be Rock School. Yes, an amazing school. So what, and what do you? What does this school offer? What do you do in this school? Oh, we do music lessons for okay. kids and adult, adults and everyone um, that uh, wants to play guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, vocals, and ukulele, because Junior plays ukulele. Does he Did really? You know yeah. Of course he does. Of yeah. course. I know, right? What the hell? I bet you he plays a mean skin flute. <laughs> I can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> That's crazy. My kid loves the ukulele. He really? learned how to play. He learned how to play ukulele before he learned how to play guitar. So let me ask you this, Pepe. I, this is a question that's always I've always thought of. You know, at the border, I have like four of them. You know, you can buy those little guitars at the when you're crossing over. Yeah. Is that a ukulele? Or is it just a mini guitar? No, I think, um, I think, well, some might be ukuleles and some might be little guitars. Oh, okay. Because well, some are legit instruments. Yeah, yeah. You know what right, I mean? right, right. Yeah. I mean, if it's six strings, it's a little guitar. If it's four strings, it's a ukulele. Yeah. Okay, see, I, I've never, like, actually held a ukulele in my hands. So oh, wow. I don't know what makes, uh, to me, I'm like, that's a little guitar. Oh, no, it's a ukulele. I don't know the difference. Yeah, the number of strings. The number of strings and then the strings are wired different like mm -hmm. it's not like low to high or high to low oh really it, yeah it's kind of weird 
See, like, you know, if you do a chord like this on the ukulele, it's like this. Sorry. It's weird. Yeah. Like the chord is like, it's backwards. It's backwards. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. You learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Like, I've never touched a banjo a day in my life. <laughs> That'd be fun to play. You know what I mean? Those are probably awesome. Yeah, right? You should teach banjo. That would be you cool. should. I would definitely sign up. Steve Martin, one of the world's greatest comedians. Yeah. He's an amazing banjo player. I know that. Really? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I'm learning all kinds of shit today. Um, so you're the smart one. <laughs> supposed this, is to be. this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have two locations. We do. Yeah, we have one in West El Paso, one in East El Paso, which is where we are right now. Mm -hmm. And then here we also offer our. We have our production school, right? That, yep. that uh, you're you're spearheading, right? And uh, yeah, so inside of Hero Music, yeah, which is convenient. So we are located actually inside a music store so and it's it's happened where also since we record bands as well like where somebody breaks a string um we've had cables go out we even had uh, one time i was recording a band from what is that the dude forgot the the dc plug-in or whatever and he was able to just like open this door and go yeah, buy it you know store. super convenient it yeah. is so we're officially, I think we've talked about it a little bit before, or maybe not. Are you talking um, about it all the time? Doing, uh, like, no, the one-on-one mu <laughs> -on -one music production lessons. Yes, we we promoted that as soon as you started it. Uh, I forget, Adrian. Well, I don't. Well, so now people None know, of the 12.25 people have signed up? <laughs> no, <laughs> they Jesus. Every, you know, it's because everybody wants everything for free, man. A lot Welcome of, to a lot, our friend, Our friends... Always. Yeah, and I see that, right? I mean, it just depends. Okay. Fitness, for example. Pepe started working out with me. I'll never charge him a dollar. Like right. it's 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 thank you. And it wasn't an, it, it, that he expected that, right? It's just that's how I am. Yeah. I love Pepe. I'll do whatever he needs me to do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know if, if it's then just why that, do you charge me? Well, I charge you not in the dollar sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a little different. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we do kind of a lot of shit between the two places. Oh yeah. Everything's music related, which is ton of amazing. Stuff. We do concerts all over town. Yeah. Kiddos perform all over town. They perform uh, rock house downtown. You guys uh, B17s all like all the venues. You guys go all out for that, which is oh, yeah. really really cool. Like, well, we have really good families that uh, are very supportive and. Uh, you know, they'll drive their kids out. We have shows almost every month, you know? Yeah. So did you ever imagine, you know, you've, I know you've gone on like big tours. You've done really, really cool things musically. Did you ever imagine at any point that you would be the owner of a school? Oh, of course not. <laughs> of course not. It's weird how things work out, right? I but would never this... in my wildest dreams would have thought I would be doing this. But you love it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the most rewarding things, uh, you can do, you know, when That's, you're watching the next generation right, come, come up. up. And then we have kids. I mean, we've been open for about six years and we've had kids that, you know, started when they were really young and other adults and they're musicians. Like they, you know, like, you know, that you had a part in their lives in, in injecting that, um, that love for music, you know? Right. So it's, it's, it's incredible to see. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if this generation though. Um, necessarily appreciates that opportunity because I remember when we were kids, mm. there was like two options in town. Curlin Salzman, remember that place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was like 
maybe you were lucky if there was somebody giving guitar lessons. Yeah. And then I remember, uh, what's his name? Crosby from Rat. He gave lessons, guitar lessons. The guitar here? player. Yeah. Really? He, he lived here, yeah. Um, he I know, died, right? Yeah, he he lived and he spent the, his remainder of years here. But wow. I know this is going to sound a little um, weird, but... And I had this conversation with some people the other night. So it's it's not, um, you know, this is common knowledge. Like he had HIV and yeah. this was like in the 80s, 90s. And mm-hmm. at that time, the idea of HIV was very taboo, right? It was like... Right. So like my parents knew this. And so they would tell me like, no, you can't take lessons with him because of that. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was oh, like... Wow. But, and even me as a kid, I was kind of like, yeah, well, maybe it's best. You know, you don't know better, yeah, right? you don't. You really, especially that, that time of day, uh, that day and age. Yeah. When that whole thing came about, it was like, don't look at that guy because you're going to catch it just by right. looking at him. Yeah. It was like super, now it's like, fuck, man, how amazing would that have been had I just been able to get lessons with him? Yeah. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But I never had, you know, we come from a school of like, there's no teachers out there. Yeah. So the fact that the kids now have and then the quality of teachers like dude that's we do have amazing. Pretty amazing teachers you know we spoke about junior i made a joke about him but dude junior's like incredible dude i've worked with many guitar players in my career and he is top one maybe top two like you you would send just, me videos before before i had the pleasure of meeting him you would send me videos of him dude i almost fucking cried yeah oh like he's it, great it's, it's crazy the first time we jammed, because uh, we were just waiting for students at the school, and this was back in the beginning where there was we weren't very busy, and we just started playing, and I was like, this dude plays like extremely clean, like because we were doing covers, you know, right, like, right. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, man, that like he's playing these songs to a T, yeah. perfectly, like no rehearsal, no anything. And I was like, wow, he's great. It makes me. Uh, I remember growing up when we used to just jam, we would spend hours and hours and hours. The one song that we would play over and over and over because we were always trying to nail it to get it like perfect. Uh, are you familiar with Metropolis from Dream Theater? Yeah. I would love to relearn it and jam that song with Junior because <laughs> I just love that fucking song. It's a good song. Um, but I've yeah, never, so I mean, heard it. just <laughs> of course you haven't. <laughs> you know what? I need to put that oh, band on my come list. On. Actually, Dude. no. I I I know I've I've heard Dream Theater obviously because of you and. You know, growing up, I don't dislike them. Well, I, I don't put know. Put on you, your fucking list. I know no, that's what I, you're going to do. I just, I am going to. Um, right now, Pepe, I don't know if you know, but the last episode, Adrian challenged me. We're not going to do the results yet, but mm-hmm. he challenged me to listen to the Bee Gees. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I challenged him to listen to Metallica. Metallica. Mm-hmm. But like only the first, what, f- up to the Black Album. Okay. Know? So, but... The reason I bring that up is I'm sure, I'm assuming Metallica was somewhat of an inspiration for you, drum-wise. Huge, obviously, yeah. Um, So when you, you said you you lived in Waters most of your life, and then you moved to California. mm -hmm. And as Paul just mentioned, here in El Paso, it was few and far between back then to get yourself a decent... Um, mentor, right? How mm-hmm. did how did you start learning? Did you learn on your own? Did you have a teacher? There was a uh, uh, so my my parents are very religious, and uh, there was we we went to church, mm-hmm. and the drummer from that church, his name was Hugo Porras. Mm-hmm. He gave me like a few lessons. I think it was like you know, around six lessons, and then I was like, all right, I want to I want to try to do this on my own, and I just started 
basically learning learning songs and Metallica was one of the things that I that I um one of the bands that I would learn I learn all their records like right. I would literally learn every single you know thing and that's how I basically taught myself yeah. to play after having taken those few lessons that got me started you know right um but yeah Metallica was obviously that's huge crazy. so Lars Ulrich was your teacher Lars Ulrich and Vinnie <laughs> Paul and that, Eeyore Cavalera what's what's crazy about that is like I mean I just think about the parallels right like you've got this kid in what is it's the exact same age as me like gravitating towards Lars, learning all Lars' shit. And across the board, you've got me. Like, that's all I ever did with, like, Metallica also. Like, oh, yeah. Kirk, Kirk Hammett. Like, that was everything to me. Like, I'd learned every Metallica song from all the way from Kill 'Em All to, to the Black Album, you know? And then you had this kid three blocks down who's trying to learn all the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, songs. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> well, and Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? And Red Hot Chili Peppers. But yep. it's weird because it's like... um Obviously, we're not the only ones, like right. There's there's kids everywhere, but again, and and I'm not trying to use this as an opportunity to circle back, but it is an opportunity to circle back. What's cool is like now, like with your school, you're able to bring these kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we were stuck in our rooms, and then we had to seek it. I remember we used to do like I used to put out um, you still put up. out. <laughs> I try, Adrian. I try. Uh, I used to put out uh, little ads, and we used to go to Danny's Music Box. Oh and yeah, put them Danny's. On the thing. I worked there. Yeah, and we would get like I would get random drummers. There was a drummer named there named Jim, no? Yeah, Jim. What happened to that guy? I, do you, I haven't seen that guy. In, I I want to say I heard that he passed away. I, yeah, That's what he, I heard he, too. He passed away. Yeah, did he? Yeah, that guy was awesome, dude. Yeah. The first day I met him, he was such a dick to me. <laughs> oh really? The first day of work, he started fucking leaning in on me hard. Not but like three days later, <laughs> after he saw my work ethic and after we Sorry. spoke a few times, dude, we became the greatest of friends. One time I saw him, I'm going to say maybe 10 years ago, His our eyes lit up and he ran toward, we hugged each other like we hadn't, you know what I mean? Oh, nice. Super cool guy. Sorry, he was I, great. Yeah, he was. I got caught up on the leaning in hard on you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so, it's, but it's weird though, man. Like you guys, <clears throat> you know, you basically tired. Dude, you, you want to know who my teacher was? Hmm. My dad bought me a fucking VHS. I don't know how he found it. I think he went to Danny's and just said, "Yeah, give me that one. This fucking guy with a mullet, blonde mullet, <laughs> in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, it's a bass video. Learn how to play bass. Who and his was name, it? Beaver Felton was his fucking name. Beaver Felton. <laughs> Beaver Felton. What? So I put the tape in and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to you know, see how I, how I can become a better bass player. And he does this. You grab your finger. You put your thumb. Right here. And you go, dun, 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 dun. Dude, the whole fucking video was like, this is a tuning peg. And you go like this. Or you go like this. This fucking guy in a mullet with, with gloves that had no fingers on it in a wheelchair. Beaver Felton. There you go. <laughs> Beaver Felton. So how how did you actually like pay close attention to that? Fuck no. The minute I saw how stupid this video was, I said, I'm done. Really? And I just taught myself from there. My dad had offered me lessons, right? But I have this thing about like, I want to know that what comes from me comes from me. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's different for drums, but as a guitar player or bass player, they teach you this chord. So if your guitar player is doing this, you could do this. or You you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to be like, oh, okay, he's playing this. So my teacher said I have to do this. You know what I mean? So I just taught myself. I, yeah, honestly, I, I, I wasn't even big on learning songs. 
I and just do you wanted... think that you do that you play very different than most bass players? Yes, I yeah. 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 I can I can vouch for that. Yeah. Right on. Um I do think like you have a very just it's just very different from most bass players. I, I I can't even put my finger on it. Um like a lot of bass players are taught follow the drums or if your guitar player is doing this, the bass player is just in the back. Right. I, I never not to say that I don't follow the drums at times, but that was just kind of which chaps my ass, by the way, Why? because there's times that I'm like, I need you to follow the drums and you are off doing your own thing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it sounds fucking great. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, um, so you moved to, to LA. Um, what was the experience like out there versus being here on the border? Well, it was, it was eye opening. First of all, like I, I growing up here, like I played in bands and you know, like, um, it was a, a cool band. We, we uh we did you know good shows we had a a sort of a following you know mm-hmm. and i thought i was good you know right and then right. i and then i i moved to la and then i realized oh my god like i'm i'm fucking terrible right right not only am i terrible like i'm 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 realizing that people are so like they seem like un- levels that are unattainable you know what i mean right right so um it was really like um, one of those things like, well, this is what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, my parents have been supportive of, of this decision. And I'm just going to like, you know, st- stick stick to my guns. And I I would just practice. It was my, like my life was practicing and going to school, practice, going to school, practice, going to school. That was. And you went to the Musician Institute, Musician's right? Musician's Institute, yeah. What was, what was that experience like? It was great. I had great teachers. Um a teacher, Ray Lazier was a teacher there. Oh, the, wow. the guy that plays yeah. in core now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was incredible. He's as good of a teacher as he is a drummer mm-hmm. and as good of a dude. Um, and uh, I had amazing teachers. I, I exposed myself to different styles because I grew up extremely close minded. I right. only listened to thrash. That was the only music that was good. And so I exposed myself to blues, to jazz, to funk, to, you know, to, to all that kind of stuff. And it opened my my mind, you know, and and I started playing in as many bands as I could out there, and then um, I I went to Berkeley for two years. Mm-hmm. After that, moved back to LA, and I was like, just set out myself out to be a musician, a working musician, right? right. So I, I did everything. I taught. I, I played gig as many gigs as possible. I played in churches. I used to think that I would, as long as I was happy, as as long as I was playing, I would be happy, and right. then. The more gigging I did, the more I realized, ah, I'm not that kind of a person. I need to play music that I like. Right, like, right. I remember playing a gig, and I was I was so miserable while playing, thinking, man, I'd rather be washing dishes mm-hmm. than doing this, you know what I mean? Right, right. And so I started getting, I started being more selective with what I would play, but I also, you know, I obviously had to end up getting odd jobs. So I, you know, I was a bus bus boy. I was a janitor at Musicians Institute, you know, mm-hmm. which is weird because that's the the college I went to, and then I'm like sweeping this right, right. the sidewalks, you know. But I was touring, like I was touring all the time, so I didn't care. I just did these jobs while I was off tour, mm-hmm. you know. But that's cool though. Oh, I loved it. it. It just kept me afloat for. I would I would never be in town for more than a couple of weeks, right? Um, right. and they would since I knew people there, they would hire me for the time that I needed to be there. And then I would leave and then I would come back and they would, you know, right. Have a job for me. So I did that. And I was playing in a band called Ankla back then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was going to mention that I had, 
No offense, I had never heard of them until you had mentioned that you <laughs> Why were would I be offended? <laughs> you didn't know about Ankla? <laughs> but I went back and I listened to it, and I'm and but my first reaction was like, why did I never? Why have I never heard of? This yeah, band? I thought the same thing because you and I were, I think we were working out for the first time, and you had mentioned it to me. And as soon as you left, I, I oh, listened you heard to it? them, and and you turned me on to um, another band, but I forgot who it was. But yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, fuck, man. Why didn't I Ankla was know great. about this? Yeah, really. I was, from what I've heard, it's really good, man. Yeah, it's a bummer that it kind of fizz, fizzled out. We, still, I mean, we're still friends. Hopefully, we we do something in the future. But uh, but I really enjoyed my time with them, and that that was the first serious. heavy oh, touring. Heavy. Ex- no, serious serious touring right. touring experience I got, and uh, it was brutal. Oh wow! It was really brutal. It was. Um, you know, five of us in a van with no trailer, all the gear on the van. Mm-hmm. We would all sleep sitting up. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was, you know, for months, for months and months and months, you know, yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was rough. You know, what we used to do, remember what we used to do? We would go to like a Denny's or something and one of us would order a drink and we would take turns sleeping in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but those are like experiences though, like as tough as they are, I'm sure like you look back now and you see it as Love like it, it was a valuable experience. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Right? So... When you had said that you were miserable playing with certain bands, was it the style of music that made it like miserable for you, or was it the fact that like not only is it the style of music, but you're also on tour, like having to play? Well, no, that band that I was miserable that I, that I mentioned that I was miserable with wasn't a touring thing. Oh, okay. it was like just around the L.A. We would do local shows oh, and okay, stuff. Gotcha. And I was like, Ugh, like I can't do this, you know. Like touring is rough to, though, man. Like people, like I, I was having this conversation with my daughter. I was like, you don't. Well, she was like, what's rough about it? And I said, Shit. well, the fact that out of a 24-hour period, you're spending 23 hours waiting around to yep. perform for 30 minutes. Yep. Like, it sounds like a blast, but when you're making no money, yeah. you know, and you're in a city that you have no idea where you are. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it might be better because you have Uber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I always tell my kid that when it's you... When you got four dollars between you and your best friend for a week, yeah, and we had to make that fucker stretch. We used to, uh, so I would buy the drink and he would buy the burger, or vice versa. Yeah, and then we would split the burger and, and then share the drink. I mean, that's like, how we, and we would always eat jumbo jacks. That was like our thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and our, our other band members were they're all mama's boys, and they had fucking hundreds of dollars in their pockets. And Paul and I had five dollars between yeah. the two of us. Wow! For a week, be like, I'll have a jumbo jack, and then they would come next in line. I'll take a number six and a number seven. And then they wouldn't even finish their food, and like a bunch of assholes, they throw it away in front of us. Like yeah, Chevy Chase dude. and Three Amigos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. The best part about that, I love that you mentioned that. Highly underrated comedy. He fucking throws the water, and it spills out. And, but no, but he takes out the. Oh, the chapstick. <laughs> and he goes, lip balm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. Um, we used to do also where we would go to Denny's and we would wait for people to leave and we would eat their leftovers. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. kind of gross, but you got to That is pretty gross. When you're, <laughs> when you're starving, dude, and you have like seven days left until you go home. Yeah. You do what you got to do. So speaking of tour, like what is the tour? And God, this... I hate asking these questions because I'm sure you get asked a million times, but what was like your favorite tour ever? That's such a cliche, Paul. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I think my favorite, so we did a, a lot of 
ones that are, that are amazing. I like there's there's favorites for different reasons, right? Right. My favorite, just in terms of of like, I can't believe we're doing this. Was Megadeth? We did oh, okay. uh, the 25th anniversary of Countdown to Extinction. Awesome. And uh, it was just us and Megadeth for a month. What what band were you with? King. This was with, with King. King. Okay. And uh, I could I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't believe we were doing that, and you know they were they were awesome. They were all awesome dudes. We yeah. had a blast. Um, even David Stain, who people you know say is an asshole, he was incredibly nice to us. Right. Um, and then with Ankla, I did Ozfest, and that oh, was okay. an- another one that I was like, that was the last touring Ozfest, which right. was the Free Fest in two thousand seven. Okay. And that one was again for a different reason. I. I remember going to see an Ozfest. I can't remember what year, and thinking, "Oh, it sucks. Ozzy's so old. I'll never be able to do this. Like, I, I would never be able to perform in in Ozfest." And then to find myself performing performing on Ozfest, I was like, "Man, this is this is it." Like, I felt on top of the world. But playing wise, I think my favorite tour was it was our first big tour. That was like a turning point for for King. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, we were we we were scheduled to do some shows with Clutch and Corrosion of Conformity mm-hmm. uh, on the Northeast starting December 26th. So we got routed touring by ourselves um, up to up to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and we had a terrible time. Like it was it was miserable. Really? Like we we were playing to nobody. Nobody. Oh, wow. Our last show was I think. December twenty third, I can't remember the name of the town, but in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. we literally it was a, a radio Christmas party, and the only person there was the radio dude. Oh wow, that was it. Wow. You yeah. know, yeah. And then we spent uh, Christmas with some friends in in New Jersey. Our friends Jose Mangan and his family mm-hmm. from Sirius XM, mm-hmm. and they were they had us for Christmas and stuff. And then the next day we go, we meet Clutch in Boston, and I remember finishing the first song, and then like. It was a sold out show. Hearing like the crowd, you right, know, right. roar, and I, I got really emotional, you know, because I was like, I, it felt like that whole trek up there, and I, you know, not spending Christmas with family and stuff. It, right. It felt like it was worth it, you know. Right. And so that, th- that was only three or four shows. No, four or five shows were incredible to me, and we became really good friends with Clutch and really good good friends with Corrosion of Conformity. Right. And that meant a lot, and that's you know that's been. A thing throughout our career, like we, I, you know, I stay in touch with them and stuff. So right, um, and we've toured, we've toured with them again several times. So that's amazing, man. So, um, so you went from Ankla was your first big band, right? Yeah, and I mean big. I mean big band. in the sense, yeah, of like, yeah, like yeah. we. It was our, my first tour, real touring band. Yeah. yeah, and then from from there, the band fizzled out, and then you joined. You started King right after so that. So Tony Tony Castaneda who played bass in Ankla and mm-hmm. I um started King and he was um he was in a band with with uh Eddie who's who's um the singer and guitar player of King and he had told me about Eddie he's like we got to do a band with this guy you know mm-hmm. and so the three of us we met in in LA and we we wrote the first song like the first the first day and and it it was like oh this is this is incredible this is exactly what we want to do you know yeah so that's kind of how how King happened. We Tony and I talked about it, and then he uh, told Eddie about it, and then we we just started out. Awesome, yeah. I I like I'm a backstory guy. You know what I mean. I love to know 
Yeah, and Tony and, and Eddie had a band called Ounce of Self that is very King-like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we actually play some of, the, some of the songs that Eddie wrote for Ounce of Self. We play them in, in King, so that Eddie and Tony wrote. So, yeah, I mean, um, it was... It, we kind of, like, fit each other's styles really well, you yeah. know? So then you joined King, and that, that's that been your mainstay for the longest time, right? And then yeah, Strife since... came... When? When did Strife come um, into the play? Um, so I met, I met Andrew from Strife, um, through Ikaro, who was a singer of Ankla. Um, and ironically they had the old drummer of Ankla in Strife, played in Strife and then mm -hmm. he quit. And then they asked me to do, to, to, I mean, to play, you know, to, to do some shows. And I've just been playing on and off with them for, I think it's been like 14 years. 14 years? Yeah. Holy shit, I didn't know it was that long. And well, it's, Yeah, it's been a long time. I didn't know it was that long either until recently I was like, man, I've been I've been playing with Strife for a long time. And it's it's really an interesting intersection where cuz you had mentioned earlier I heard you say uh Lars um uh, Vinnie Paul and Igor. Mm -hmm. And didn't Igor do an album with Strife? He did. Like where he recorded the drums? He did. Um another their very good friends with with all those guys and um yeah he i don't know if he did one or two oh okay just albums. a really cool like intersection like oh yeah you know what i mean like oh i'm a huge igor fan so yeah. yeah that was that was awesome and we've like we've did we've done shows where he's been there and he's sat in and played drums with, with oh, wow. yeah so it's been it's been it's been great that's awesome yeah um you know one thing i love about Pepe is that most musicians including um, well, just most musicians will like if you're gonna meet them, like before you even shake their hand, like they're already talking about all their accolades and like yeah. experiences. Pepe, like, doesn't ever talk about it. Yeah, like <laughs> we've known each other now for what a year and a half, two years, something about like two that. years. Yeah, and it's like we'll be eating lunch, and all of a sudden, like, did I ever tell you about this one time? And I'm, it's like the coolest fucking story, <laughs> and I'm like, no, you didn't. So like I just like I love the fact that you're just so humble. You know what I yeah. mean? Like oh uh, well, thank you. you it's know? gonna make me not humble. <laughs> I know. No, but I mean, <laughs> Keep you know, those what I mean? comments coming. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you got all these great stories, man, and it's just like what the f you've been you've been sitting on this for this whole time. What I love about that is you guys will finish lunch. You'll tell him the amazing story, and ten minutes later, I get a phone call. Dude, guess what? Fucking Pepe just told me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Adrian. Adrian and I are very old school. We literally talk on the phone for like two hours every day. That's hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. So, he'll call me and be like, "Dude, real quick, five minutes." I'm like, "What's up?" And forty five minutes later, that five minute conversation. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, I think I think it's really cool that you know, there's not a lot of drummers out there that are obviously from like the El Paso area, but like to know that you're from Juarez and that you had all these cool experiences. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize the, the work, the hard work it takes oh, yeah. to like not be a musician who was born in LA that like, you know what I mean? Like LA musicians are just a different breed. Like you said earlier, you went and you felt like you sucked. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when we used to play LA, it was like, <sighs> not a diss at bands, but when we used to play here, we always felt we were like cream of the crop. We felt like special. And then we would go to play LA and it was like, dude, we fucking suck. Yeah. But to be able to say that you went from what is to LA back to El Paso and had the success that you've had. I mean, it's a pretty cool story. It is. Well, thank you, man. I mean, it's, uh, it, I've, it, 
I had a great support system, you know? Yeah. I know amazing musicians that are from the area that don't didn't have it, you know? Right, right. And they, they just, you know, they're great. They're amazing. They're incredible, you know? And uh, the world will never know. They didn't have the support system, you know? Right. That's, life, life happened. Dude, and, I tell people that all the fucking time. There's nothing bigger, better than a fucking support system. Who you have, oh, be, who you have behind you is going to help push you. It's fundamental for everything. I say it all the time, dude. So do you credit that support system to being your family? Yeah. My parents were incredibly supportive. Yeah. Incredibly. Were our, I mean, my mom. Uh, no, I remember. I remember Terry Marquez, who now manages Pissing Razors, right? I think she manages. Yeah, them. yeah. I, I'll never forget. I, we were, I was like 15 years old, and she comes to like talk to my mom and like asks her for permission for to go on tour for I don't know how long, and uh, my mom was just like, "Yeah, like you, my, didn't, you didn't have to ask me." My dad didn't even know I was gone. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? My dad, like, he bought, he bought, he bought me a bass to basically shut, and that video to, and that and Beaver Felton <laughs> to basically shut me up when it, when it came time to I'm gonna be a rock star, Dad. Not with my help, you aren't. Uh, you know, you should have a uh, what do they call it where you have a different persona and it should be your name should be Beaver Felton. Beaver Felton, dude. <laughs> Like, we'll put out a project and based by Beaver Felton. <laughs> Sorry, that's such a good name. I'm 100% behind this. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. We're going to use this beautiful couch right here. That's where I want to sit. That's your and- promo shot. <laughs> yes. So, um, so you did all these really cool things. Um, you went on tour a lot. I know you went um, across, um, what do you call it? Abroad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, across uh, across, the <laughs> across the ocean um what was the coolest town that you played in like that stands out like in terms of just like wow i can't believe i'm playing uh japan really yeah uh tokyo was strife oh that's awesome yeah that was uh those were i mean that's memorable just because it's you know japan what um, were the crowds like there amazing really yeah great i've, I've always heard that that the U.S., for whatever reason, I'm not going to say has shunned or turned its back on metal or rock in general, but I've always heard that overseas, Europe, um, Tokyo, places like that just fucking worship Well, you know where the best, metal. the best crowd, definitely South America. Really? really? South America is in like, Argentina, oh, okay. incredible. Chile, yeah. incredible. Cause yeah, I, they're they've always been very big metal supporters, yeah. especially metal. Like those are like, um, I guess they're they're all about it. Like, Fuck and then it. they come out in like massive quantities. Like I think some of like the the now the quote unquote reunion Pantera shows like mm-hmm. were out there, right? And I was looking at those. Oh yeah, like, those the, videos are yeah. incredible. Yeah. Oh my god, man! Dude, the U.S. needs to get its head out its ass, dude. I mean. I think to me it's 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 a big hindrance to all metal musicians or heavy heavy metal musicians, rock musicians that this dude they don't even break top 20 anymore, top fucking 10. They're you know rock musicians aren't nominated for shit. But a lot, of, I mean? a lot of metal has become so cheesy. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. You know dude. What I, mean? right. I feel I feel like like uh people are over that here and people are kind of still into that in other countries you know i agree like what like what band like we, we've become a parody of ourselves mm-hmm. you know like what bands would you 
Because the bands I'm thinking about, I don't want to like, mention bands specifically, but I just think like the whole like e- even the fan like the 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 being a fan of metal and like you're like you're always decked out in metal. Like I don't know, like it, we just look. I feel like we look this. St- we've looked the same for. Are you talking about leather, 40 years? leather jackets and white tennis shoes? No, not not, <laughs> not even that. Not even that. I don't know. I just feel like it, there's a cheese element to metal now that is not awesome. And that younger generations... Listen, I'm that way. You know what yeah. I mean? But younger generations uh, look at it and be like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. Like, I'm going to listen to hip hop, you know? Dude, I yeah, cannot well, agree yeah. more. This is the argument that you and I have all the time. It's like we talk about the whole new metal thing. And I tell you that I hate that there's like, I know you're a new metal guy, but I, I, fe- I, I just feel like, okay, when I, when I think of the days of, you know, we mentioned Metallica, Pantera, Megadeth, Slayer, Sepultura, like, I don't know. I guess because growing up and that's what kind of got me started in music, I feel like the word you said is perfect that there's a lot of like parodies of that music now it's and it's not even like the first generation of that parody it's like there was a parody of it and then now there's like more parodies but of who, it who would you who would you compare to metallica this day and age well i mean not necessarily i don't mean i'm sure i could think of some if i had time to sit down but because you're saying parody of basically the 80s no, I think more of a parody of like, you know what spawned a lot of that, dude, is like the whole Deftones corn movement spawned a whole lot of that. And I feel like, so kind of going back to what you were saying about like, we need to wake up in the US and stuff. I feel that we are kind of, I feel like um, that true metal music is starting to kind of make a comeback. Um, it's It's less of a parody, so to speak, mm-hmm. because they're like... I don't know. It's almost like it's making a resurgence in like a very authentic way. Well, I hope so. I Look, agree with that. I, I'm not on social media, so I, I don't know what's what's happening. And maybe the world around me is evolving and I don't know it. Yeah. But I hope you're right. I listen to, when I listen to Liquid Metal, some of the new bands that are coming out, right. they're incredible. Yeah. And they don't have that. Like, I feel I feel like you're right. Like, there is there is going to be a, a resurgence of of heavy music because we're losing that. I guess the cliche topics like the Satan and the, you know, like. Right, right. Like it's, it's all, it's all, it's, I think those topics are more, more um, general and more specific and uh, the music sounds. Authentic. Uh, sounds authentic. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't sound cookie cutter. Right. We became cookie cutter. I shouldn't say parody. Right. We became cookie cutter. And I think that's what. That, that'll give and you. And generic. Yeah. yeah. And that that's, I think, what, what happened to metal. So let me ask you a question, since Paul's been asking all the questions, because <laughs> I can never get a word <laughs> in it. Doesn't shut up, right? Well, dude, do, it, be, do it while he's sipping on his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a metal lover. You just said. I am. You said a while back you just got lost in thrash and that's all you listened to, but you started to, because of your schooling, you started to venture out to jazz and whatnot. So- Outside of the realm of metal, right? Rock metal, heavy metal, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Is there another genre that you like? And look, let me say, don't be don't be shy. I'll answer right now. 80, 80s pop. So like Depeche Mode. Oh, love like it. The Cure. Love, oh, love that stuff. That's a great answer. Because I was going to say, look, man, if you want to listen to Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> do you, boo. You know what I mean? Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Stevie. If, if that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, but I'm glad you just came out and said, 
80s pop because that to me i i fucking couldn't could that was a, more. that was a dig at uh, <laughs> our uh exiled podcast our sister podcasters yeah that's hilarious so <laughs> our brother podcasters sister podcasters however we remember we used to refer to bands as our sister band our sister like, band yeah <clears throat> so there was this band Pepe, that you showed me when we were in la driving and you showed me and i've been meaning to ask you this for a long time and it just finally came to my mind you showed me a band that had a female singer. Royal Thunder. Is that what they were called? Yeah. Oh, dude. They're awesome, man. That's I love that band. a good example of what I'm saying about like a resurgence where it doesn't sound oh, like they're- Oh, this is a metal band. I thought we were still on the 80s topic. No, sorry. Okay. I just, I thought about it right now because they were very like- um, I don't know. I mean, they're not metal. They're like, you know, I guess they would be considered like stoner- Like Black Sabbath. Or, or doom, doom metal. Or, I guess stoner metal. Not yeah. Doom, stoner. With, the, with the female vocalist. Oh, awesome. She's incredible. I, I, I would love to tour with them. What are they called again? Royal Thunder. I need a... Yeah, because ever since you showed it to me, I was like, what's that? But I always forget. I can't stop listening to it. I've been listening to them for years. Like, I don't get sick of their songs. Really? Yeah. Yeah, her voice is incredible. Like, That's that's a good example, though. Like, I remember when I heard them, my first thought was it was kind of like Black Mm Sabbath-ish, but it wasn't like they were trying to be Black Sabbath. Like, you could tell it was like genuine, like, just they write the music and it is what it is. It's not like this... Which I felt like, especially in the 2000s, a lot of bands, there was this movement where a lot of bands wanted to sound like each other or have that same sound yeah. instead of thinking outside well, I mean, the box. The, to me, that's like, that's culture, period, right? I mean, you, you look at the 80s and everyone wanted to be the next Metallica. You look at the 90s, they all wanted to be the next core. And you look at the fucking yeah. mid-2000s, they all wanted to be the next used. You know what I mean? It's, it's true. That's just what's going to happen. That was random. What the used? used. <laughs> the used are fucking amazing. <laughs> well, they were in their in their back um, in the day. Sorry, they were, they were all right. Let me ask you a question, Pepe. And because it's crazy that our our exiled boys mentioned it, and I t- and you, my friend. There's more people than you think. Okay, Stevie says he likes country music. Yeah, so up yours. I do, don't like. Do you country. like country at all? I don't. Not at all. Okay, so outside I mean, of, outside of 80s, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a a song or two. You know that I'll listen and be like, "Oh, that's cool," but in general, I don't. I don't like country. At least you said there's a song or two. Um, so outside of '80s, what other genres are there that you? you well, like wait, a lot? wait. What eighty? Like, what's your favorite '80s pop band? Um, I guess The Cure. Uh, yes, we definitely just became best friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, Depeche Mode, I like a lot. Tears for Fears. Yes, oh, yes. Um, what else? The who's the one that um, oh, I love? They the song comes out in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, when in Rome. Oh yeah, oh, dude, those guys are amazing. I don't know. No, it's. I'm uh, sorry, but I'm just thinking of the right words. Oh, that sounds terrible, Paul. You like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know that about you. Again, I I had no idea. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah. So aside from '80s and metal, what else? Um, aside from eighties and metal, I mean, that's generally what I'll, what I'll listen to, you know? I mean, I like, I like, like rock en español. You're right, right, right. <laughs> I listen to bands like Fobia, La Cuca, um, La Lupita, like stuff from the nineties that I grew up with. You right, know? right, right. Um, stuff that I'm barely learning about because of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But dude, like Caifanes. I love, um, I don't know what you want to call it, Latin music, Mexican music, I don't know, Mexican rock. Like, dude, I 
I went my whole life up until the last eight years, never even giving that music the time of day. And it's like one of the biggest, like, like what the fuck was I thinking? Like, it's just, it's amazing. It's such great, yeah. good music. So Estéreo, have you heard of them? Uh, For sure, yes, I believe them. so. Yeah. For uh-huh. sure. Café, Argentina. Café Tacuba. I played with them. Yeah, that's right. You did, huh? Yeah. With uh, Puya too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so Puy- the guitar player of Puya was the dude from Ancla. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's his. That's his. Ancla was like his side project. Oh wow! Wow. I remember that when you, lucky asshole. But like the Café Tacuba, which I had no idea. I mm-hmm. say you're lucky because, like, those dudes are amazing. Mm-hmm. Although I, I I've already seen them. Those guys are very nice. The lead singer of Puya was kind of a dick. Was he? Yeah. But, I, don't, I don't know him. But then again, I mean, he had just finished playing. People were trying to swarm him. You know what I mean? Right. But he kind of like brushed us off and we're like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, so you've met a lot of big musicians. You've played with them. I know like, which I want to talk a little bit about right now. Um, like you played Dime Bash, for example. But like, who's the musician that you have not met that you would just like... Like, I don't like to fanboy over anybody, but, you know, there's always that handful of people like, dude, if I met him, I don't know what I would say. Is there anybody that you could think of that if you met, you'd be like, you'd actually like kind of like, fuck. That I haven't met? Yeah. Um, honest, Honestly, I think I've met like... Everybody. I've been lucky enough to meet everybody and I've definitely had, I don't know what to say, moments right. with, with them, you right. know? So um, to think somebody that I... That I didn't. I can't. I can't. I can't think of anybody that I haven't met that I really, Did you want, to really meet. want to meet. Yeah, I think of uh for me. I know it's not music, but like Gordon Ramsay, dude. What? I want to meet Gordon Ramsay so bad. <laughs> I want him to like curse at me. <laughs> My mine is Sade, one hundred percent. Oh, that's a good one. Oh yeah, I would. I would die to meet. What her. would you say yeah. to Sade? I have no fucking idea. I love you. You're what if, amazing. What if, what if you said, like, you said something to her and she was like, that's not even how you say my name. Get the fuck out of my face. I'd probably cry, but still love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that is how you say her name. I always ask you this all the time. Yeah, I shut. feel like you have it wrong. I feel like it's supposed to be Sadie. So oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. Her full name is Helen Shade Adieu. So, um... Okay, so then on that note, who was somebody that you met that you had you felt like that? Like uh James Hetfield when we met him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was he was uh and Lars, we met we met both of them at separate times, but we played that Orion Festival mm-hmm. and uh we got introduced to them and that was actually with Lars it was it was kind of interesting because we got to Atlantic City where that festival was and we had heard that there was like a hangout at one of the casinos. Mm-hmm. So we parked we parked somewhere and then we walked into this casino and then there was this long hallway. There was nobody in this hallway mm-hmm. except for Lars Ulrich walking towards us right? and us walking towards him. And you could tell that he was doing everything in his power to not make eye contact. Right. You know? right, right. I think I was even wearing a Metallica shirt. So right. he was probably like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, probably had to take a <laughs> shit and uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take his time. And I wasn't going to say anything, but right when he passed us, I... I couldn't, I couldn't not say. It. So I, I was like, "Hey, don't mean to bother you. Sorry to bother you, but we're playing the festival tomorrow, and we want to say thank you for having us." Oh wow! And then his demeanor changed, and he was like, "Oh, like what band are you guys?" And then he, we told him like, "Oh, we're King." He was like, "Oh," I, and he told us about a video he saw he, that he really liked it. 
super nice, super nice guy. So that was that was one of those moments where I was like, I don't really know what to say. Right. Thankfully, it kind of worked out. And then we got interrupted by Chris Jericho, which was also bizarre. Oh, okay. you know? wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah. funny, that's a f- fun story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, James Hetfield, we got introduced to, like, we were sound checking and his assistant came up to us and said, hey, James wants to meet you guys. So we walked over to him and again, nice, nicest dude. He introduced the band to the crowd and everything. So wow. I think the, those two were big. Mini Paul was huge for me. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, and I got to tour with him uh, several times. But that was Pantera. Like, I I get those dudes, I get starstruck from, mm-hmm. like, when I would see them. You know what I mean? Right, right. So um, to to meet him and then uh, then later tour with him, it was like, it was right. super surreal. You toured with him when he was in. Um... Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Damage Plan. He was in that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, my buddy. The first time I met him, my buddy Marcus, uh, who worked for them, he now plays in Mudvayne, which is which is crazy. But he um, he he was like he knew I was a huge fan. He's like, hey, baby, come over here. Like, let me introduce. I walked up to him and I said, hey, Vinny, nice to meet you. He's like, rock and roll, and walked away. Oh wow! (laughs) I was like, that was the best. (laughs) And then I guess that connects perfectly to what I was going to ask you about. You know, you got to play drums for Dimebash. Which yeah. is like, it's crazy from like looking up to that dude, having that experience, going on tour with them, obviously, to playing with all these dudes during Dime Bash. So Dime Bash was, I think, was it Jose that 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 put Dime Bash together? No, Rita. Oh, okay. He does it. Yeah. So she's uh, Dime Dimebag's widow. Widow. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, how did that unfold? How did we get? How do? How did we? Yeah, well, that? how did you? I mean, I know like you got to play a couple of Pantera songs, right? Like, I mean, so we've um, we've become good friends with Rita. She's been super awesome to us, and ever, since we've met, we've she's asked us to do Dime Bash every year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if it happens again, it continues to she continues to invite us. But um, let me think. I can't remember. I think it started when. Um, one of the Dimebashes, I think Jose did recommend us to her, and mm. I think she asked us to, to open mm. Dimebash. Okay. And then we got to do like one or two covers, but uh, all of us separately. Right. And um, from then on, like, you know, she knows we're huge fans, and then we've we've been at, at her house in Texas, and she's, you know, taking us into the vault where she has all the guitars and stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, she's just been really nice, and that's kind of how, like, the friendship kind of developed, and that's kind of how it's how we started doing Dimebash. That's awesome. Oh, I mean, that crazy. must have been a pretty cool experience for you. Oh, incredible! I think we've done it three three times. I think, Damn. and I, it's one of my favorite events. Like, there's so much fun, and there's a ton of musicians from a ton of bands, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. And you know, we've spoken on this show how the same as you, Pippa. Like, Pantera to me was. Um, I remember I was all about Metallica and Megadeth until I heard Pantera. Yeah, same. <laughs> you know, then same. I was just like, what the fuck is this? You know, that was just very, like, for my musical career, that was very life-changing for me. So, yeah, me too. But um, for you, it was like with Vinnie Paul, right? Like, I mean, obviously the whole band, but like as a drummer, it was like Vinnie was just 
it was just on it was like the way i explain like the way i think of pantera is like you had metallica you had megadeth you had slayer but then these dudes came out and it was like all of that like on steroids like it sounded humongous right. it sounded so much bigger than everything else. right do you know what it what i love what brought me to pantera you know i wasn't a huge metal fan growing up right i mean i did like bands here and there but like with the metallica the megadeths all that it was like a lot like you say thrash right a lot of that right where your head just kind of when i heard pantera <laughs> well you gotta it, explain because the listeners heard, can't see oh yeah when you're, you know it's like a digga 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 and your head's moving real fast <laughs> yeah you know the first time i heard pantera it was that groove and it makes you know what i mean the breakdown the, yeah the breakdown that's when i was like what the fuck is this yeah you they were awesome I mean? man. yeah that's what i that's what drew me to Pantera. So did you, I know you're not, since you're not a metal metal kid, you never were. I think like you didn't really become a metal kid till you and I, I started showing you stuff. No, I mean, I, growing up, I had loved, well, you know, like I told you on our, on our last episode, the Black Album was a, I started listening to Metallica. Um, Which is so strange. Started listening to Pantera. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was a phase in the seventh grade where I, all I wanted to listen to was Cannibal Corpse. Really? Yeah. You have never told me that. Eaten Back to Life is like what? a fucking amazing album to me. What? I never had. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Dude, yeah. I never knew that about you. Well, I, I thought I don't that... walk around talking about myself. You're just blowing Paul's mind with ukuleles and Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, the Deftones pushed me further into heavier music, you know what I mean? And a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, the Deftones are not heavy. Don't compare them to... That's the reason I... Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Deftones are awesome. Thank you. They are. Um, but in terms of... Sorry, Paul. The, in terms they of are. the music getting heavier, <laughs> yeah, it was right around the time you and I met. Oh, okay. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember I used to... I would show you stuff and you'd be like, ah, turn that shit off and i'd be like come on dude but then you got me into like red hot chili peppers smashing pumpkins far hum you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um speaking of real quick while we're while we're on the topic we you and i um because i'm curious to get pepe's take on this i want him to be a part of it we brought up uh the new segment let it riff oh that's right let's do that real quick all right so just to recap on our last episode, everybody, we were going to do a small segment called Let It Riff, which is just a single riff that in- madly inspires us, right? One of the coolest riffs in our our opinion. So, Paul, go. Let well, it riff. Real quick. Let's give Pepe some context. So, last oh, yeah. time he brought it up, my riff was Shedding Skin from Pantera. Okay. That's, to me, one of my favorite riffs of all time. My riff was from the band called Refused New Noise. Okay. And uh, I like the video that uh, uh, Dave from uh, oh, yeah. from Exile <laughs> made. Durka, 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 durka. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so based on that, you know what? You go first. Okay. I, I hadn't really thought about it. I have like 20 of them. Okay. One of my favorite riffs of all fucking time. And it's to me, it's one of the best breakdowns, in my opinion, right? And very underrated. So there's a band, obviously our favorite band on earth, called Hum. And one of their songs, Stars. In the middle of Stars, the bridge, that breakdown. Oh, my God. That riff is fucking incredible. Yeah. So for me, Hum, Stars, the bridge. I'm going to go old school. And I'm going to say the main riff for Creeping Death from Metallica. And I think about that because I remember when I was a kid and I heard that for the first time, I was like, that is the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to start and then gradually make my way up to the more modern stuff. But I was going to say, awesome. I can't touch too much on that one yet because that's my challenge. So I want to yeah. save my, so, so remember but, that, Creeping Death. Yeah, I, hey, I can't the, talk about uh, it. I don't want to let you know where I'm at. It's on the, <laughs> <laughs> the Ride the Lightning album, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Pepe, let it riff. What's your favorite riff off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I'm going to say, uh, Whose Fist is, it, is This Anyway from Prong? Yeah, dude, the right? the last riff, the last yes. riff, the dun, 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 yes, and it just like uh, fades out, right? Oh, so heavy. Yeah, dude, prong. That's a that's another band that, you know, you mentioned. It's funny because you mentioned a lot of the bands that like I was just in love with: Crozier Conformity, Prong. Um, Crozier Conformity has the last riff of "In the Arms of God" is also one of those. Yeah, dude, those dudes. You're not. You've never really. Listen to Crojan, have you? Oh my god, I have, but oh not god. like whole albums. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, you know, Crojan and Conformity got together with some of the guys from Pantera. They did Down, Down, right? Oh, one of my favorite bands. Such a good um, that band I know of. Yeah, yeah. love Down. Um, but um, so yeah, so so Let It Riff is going to be a another segment we do on a regular basis. Nice. So you do one riff every week? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So. But uh, that dude, Prong, that just brings up like a whole... Every time I hear Prong, I'm like flooded with like nostalgia, like because I was so obsessed with like that guitar tone that they had. It was just different. Them and you know who else? Uh, Crowbar? Yeah. Like, uh, dude, those dudes, like the tone that they got at that time to me was like, oh Enormous. my God. Enormous. It was right. like giants were playing. Yeah, dude. Exactly. You you know Crowbar too, right? Yeah. So, so... um. You know, we we talk a lot about heavy music. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a band that's out right now that's heavy that like is not like redoing reunions from the '90s, like that exists now? Can you think of any bands now that you like that are like brutally heavy? Brutally heavy, or heavy? Um, man, there's this band that I heard on Liquid Metal called I think they're called Orbit Culture. Oh yeah. yeah, fuck yeah! And they're su- they're oh, really heavy. The one song I don't know how I don't know how good they are, but the one song I heard is dude, they're fucking, fucking awesome. They are awesome. Is this the one that when you and I were Pepe were crossing, maybe, and you were like, dude, listen to this, but it was like already the song was over. Yeah, maybe I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, okay, I need to get what's it called? Orbit culture, I think. Orbit culture. I need mm-hmm. to check them out. What what's about your- you? Oh, dude, there's a band right now. I was gonna save them for the chat eventually, but fuck it, since you're bringing it up. There's this band that I um that I stumbled upon the other day called Dealer. Oh my god, dude. They're fucking heavy, brutal, fucking I can't stop listening to them right now. Really? Yeah. Dealer. And you were gonna use them for the chat? Yeah, but you brought it up size. So no, not today's chat. Oh, okay. Today's chat I have another band. But I I had them on my list, but since you brought it up. I uh, sent you I sent you that video. Oh, I think yeah, I think I think I remember now. Yeah. Um for me it's um been actually getting into them because of my brother um i think it's i always forget how it's pronounced is it infinite annihilator mm-hmm. yeah those do or infant and i always get it confused anyways dude they have this one song it's so massively heavy and then like there's this pause that happens between the heaviness where it sounds he's screaming so hard where it sounds like he's like choking it's just something about that see i tried listening to that band like because you guys, you had brought it up one time, mm-hmm. or Eric brought it up. I don't remember, but that's a little too far fetched for me. My, my 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 
my heavy has to have groove in it, which is, you know, again, why I love Pantera. I, I don't like the, you know what I mean? Like, I, that just isn't. You don't like awesome? Yeah, I guess not. Exactly. I guess not. <laughs> well, that that's a, you know, kind of going off of what we were talking about earlier, I feel like part of this movement that, like, I personally dislike in, like, a lot of, like, the newer metal and maybe Pepe, you could agree is the, just even the production, like where I feel like a lot of drums nowadays, they just, they're so overproduced. It sounds like a machine rather than like a, an authentic, like drummer in a room. I don't know. I, for me, I mean, not to say I don't like the way it sounds, it does, but I feel like it's overly done. I don't know if that plays a part in what, like you're thinking in terms of like cookie cutter. I mean, maybe that being said, um king we we've always tried to to sound natural you know and like mm-hmm. not use triggers and but we get lost in the mix like you know what i mean like like we it's so hard to compete with that so it's hard for me to criticize it because it does sound so much bigger it right. sounds you know like it sounds perfect you know right so i mean i guess it, it does lend itself to a lot of bands sounding the same mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. kind of sucks you know right right but everyone's trying to look for that edge, you know, for that edge, you know, what's going to set me up. Ironically, they're trying to set themselves apart, but in, in, a, in a sense, you're kind of just trying to catch up. Like how, right. do, how do I make myself audibly as good as everything I'm listening to? Obviously you're going to want to, you know, add as many effects and triggers as, as possible, because if not, you're not going to sound current, you know? Exactly. Which is one thing I can appreciate. So, like, you know, we've been recording drums for one of your projects. Mm-hmm. And um, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what I love is that I feel like... So you heard, you know, the drums raw, mm-hmm. you know, the way I recorded them. And it was like, you like the way they sound, which is really cool because when I listen to them, they have a very, like, old school Dave Lombardo vibe to them. Mm-hmm. At least that's the feeling I get, which I love because it's not that triggered um right snare sounds like i don't know it's just this certain tone so like i really appreciate the fact that like a lot of drummers would have been like no man we need to make it less real sounding so to speak right right yeah so that's but i think that's again going back to the authentic thing is that i think that's what adds into making rock nowadays more authentic is going back to those original i mean i think we talked i don't know if i talk with you about it but like that band power trip oh right uh-huh. like they they sound like classic albums but they sound but they're i mean whatever their process is it still sounds it still competes you know like their guitar sound huge their drums sound huge but nothing sounds really triggered or right right that's that's so, a good point yeah i think they 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 i mean unfortunately they're they're no longer a band but i think they kind of broke that mold of of everything sounding the same right they sound like cl- a classic metal band but but still ma- but still massive you know yeah yeah i could totally see that that's awesome what were you gonna say no oh, nothing you gave me a look like oh, shut God. the fuck up <laughs> pepe was talking no you. i know but you were giving me that look um <laughs> tell pepe to shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> um so I know you have shows coming up with both Strife and King, right? Yeah. Any uh, big shows around the corner um, that you can talk about? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, we're doing with Dry Furnace Fest, in, but that's not till September. Oh, okay. Oh, is it that? I, I was thinking it was in May for some reason. Which I'm really stoked about. And with King um, is the only thing I know so far. Wow. But that's a big festival, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Also in September. That's awesome. You know, I um, that Furnace Fest, I didn't really know about that festival, but I follow Head Automatica, which yeah. is a band that we've never really spoken about. It's Daryl... Palumbo, right from Glassjaw. Mm-hmm. He does. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it one of the dudes from Gorillas that no. worked with him? I know he I did know. work on one of the albums. He did some of the drum beats. Did he? But I don't know if he's like a staple or like a, a permanent. What, what, what? There's technically only two guys who write the music for Gorillas: Damon Alborn and. Yeah, I don't even know which one is which. But oh, well, Damon Alborn is the, the lead singer. He was also in that band Blur in the '90s. It's that guy. Oh, okay. That guy did something with the first Head Automatica really? album, huh. which have you ever heard Head Automatica? I haven't. You told me about him. Yeah, it's very. I don't know. How would it's, you describe it? It's dancey, poppy. Pop, it's really yeah, weird because it's it's, it's it's something you wouldn't expect from Daryl from Glassjaw. Okay. So I don't know if you are familiar with like with Glassjaw. Like they're kind of like at the drive-in with a hardcore esque feel to it i know at the drive-in is like one of their biggest influences yeah they've always been very vocal about that and uh but the singer he has crohn's disease oh and so playing the heavy shit like i guess it it makes his crohn's come out so he created head automatica as like a mellow project to where get his creative side out without having to be so heavy or whatever so but head automatica hasn't done anything in like well over a decade and the reason i'm bringing them up is they're actually going to be like Furnace playing Fest. yeah they're going to play that that head, festival head automatica is yeah really yeah that's how i found out about furnace fest and then all of a sudden i start so i clicked on it whatever and then i saw strife and i was like oh shit i was like fucking pip is going to play this i'm going to fucking be his drum tech again let's do it <laughs> speaking of daryl and head automatica he a few years ago came out with this project called color film Dude, fucking ridiculous. Mm. They put out one album. You mentioned you like um, 80s pop, Depeche Mode, Cures type stuff. Dude, this album is fucking straight from the 80s with Daryl on it. Really? It's fucking ridiculous. He has a very, um, his voice is an acquired taste for sure. It's, you remember like old school Faith No More, like first album, like his voice is very reminiscent of Mike Patton Okay, from like the very first Faith No More album. And I will forever, forever shout out fucking Rudy, man, for changing my life with Glassjaw. Yeah, because he's the one that showed him to us. Yeah. Thank you, Rudy. Back in the day. He was one of our, he he plays in a band now. What's the name of... um, of of bone and earth or of earth and bone yeah so he was our singer for a minute um but it's funny because he's in that band now and it's the other member of that band is another one of our singers and their drummer is the drummer of my very very first band ever that's so weird when i was was 14 yeah yeah no but um but anyway so you so you have those dates coming up which is pretty cool who's who, do you know who else is on that? I don't. I know it's a big festival. I just don't know who's on it. It's huge. I I don't know who's. I don't know any any. I don't think anything's. Maybe I don't. I can't talk about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need I don't me think to bleep, it's been announced. <laughs> if you need me to bleep it out, let me know. Maybe. <laughs> um, so when you play with Strife, though, um, like, 
it looks to me like when I think about your projects, like King is very technical, not to say the strife isn't, but King is a, you know, it's your original, like playing. Um, it's very technical. It's, it's like, I look at it and I get tired just watching you. <laughs> um, when I think of strife, strife looks exhausting as well, but it also just seems like it's just so much fun. I mean, is it, do you, is it fun for you to play that stuff? I love it. Right? Yeah. Strife is, and it, but it is, it is, it's not super easy. Um, right, right. Strife is, is has, their drummer was very un- unorthodox. Right, you know? right. So his parts are, are strange and they're, they're like, it's been, it was fun to learn them and to work them out. And um, some stuff I still don't know exactly. <laughs> like, I'm trying to replicate it. Oh, really? You know, like, um, but uh, he was great. So, yeah, the, some of the parts are really, are not something that I would have played. So it, it's, uh, it it makes for it makes it entertaining, you know, because you're playing something that's different from 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 what you would have done. And yeah, it's 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 exhausting for sure. It's uh so does Strife have like a pretty extensive catalog? They do, yeah. So how and they've been around since the nineties. How how does that work? You just kind of know the set and you learn it, or have you just like tried to learn all of the songs? No, I mean like every once in a while they'll be like, oh, we're gonna add this song or these songs, you know. And mm-hmm. so I'll learn I'll learn the extra songs. So throughout the years, I've learned a lot of their stuff, but definitely not, not all of it. I'm not familiar with it. Oh, all of okay. It, you know? Wow. Um, and then they play pretty short sets. Normally, Generally, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, it's like, I think the most we played is 45 minutes, and that's is, a long set. Which is awesome, though, because like when we used to play, I used to tell you guys like I don't want to play more than 30, 45 minutes. I feel like, like Strife is a perfect example of a band that the set goes by so quick that you're like you want more so like you're gonna want to go see as opposed to like i mean granted there's artists that can play three hour sets and you you know you're just like happy to just be there and see it but i love that i love that where a band can play a short set and just instead of being like man they're still playing it's more of a like god when (laughs) i get to see them play again i hate going to shows that run too long right right um but then there's some bands like well you and i we saw Cavalera Conspiracy. Oh yeah, and they played. Like, that was incredible. That was so much better than I expected. Right, like so much better. They played not the entire album to be bad. Right, right. It was just so good, dude. You know, it sounded good. It was just like, am I really seeing and hearing this? Yeah. Like, it was kind of, it was, it was unreal. And then to know that, uh, like, it's Igor back with like Max. With Max, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was really cool. Um, Soulfly's coming. I know that. Oh yeah. I'm not. Are you? I, I'm not. I know who Soulfly is, but I don't know anything about uh, their yeah, songs. Yeah, I like Soulfly. Funny story about Soulfly. When you were asking about the um, the Starstruck thing earlier, mm. one time I was in this band called Super Soul and we played at, at the Whiskey, and there was fucking nine people there. But Roy, the drummer from Soulfly, ran sound that night, and he, we played, and he was like, "Dude, you guys are fucking awesome." Blah blah. blah. He he liked us a whole lot. We we're shooting the nicest dudes in the world. Yeah, we were shooting the shit, and then he was, and then dude. The fucking door opens, and I see this fucking head full of dreads. Mm. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And it's fucking Chi from the Deftones. Mm. I was like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And Roy was like, oh yeah, Chi's here. Blah blah. He's like, you guys, you guys want to meet him? And we we're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> we met him. Blah blah. And we we're talking. And Chi was like, I can't really hear you guys. And Roy's like, why don't you guys go go upstairs to the the green room, dude? Fucking me, my band. Chi and whoever the fuck he was with and Roy went up to this small room and hung out for like fucking two hours. Wow. It was the shit. I, dude, they say 
moments of your life flash by when you die, that for sure is going to fucking flash. <laughs> did he die? Yeah, yeah he, he passed did. away. Yeah. Yeah, he... I think a horrible car accident and he was in a coma for like a year and a half or something What's like crazy that. about that though, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I had read something about that he was like on the way home after his dad's funeral. I don't, I don't remember when he crashed. Specifics. Like he was leaving the funeral and then crashed. Really? Again. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It's crazy. But that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the best moments of my life. Um. So speaking of hell yeah, you said you went on tour with them. Mm-hmm. So after that initial meeting and then just dawned on me right now after that initial meeting with vinnie paul i'm assuming you then had more conversations with him later on or was that it we did um i was i was uh he was really generous to me because uh he didn't love talking about the past like he was he was oh, wow. he was happy where he was at yeah, then. yeah. and I, I would keep bringing it up you know mm-hmm. and he was super, always super nice but you tell he was like it like he he was like hey like it's over you know right um after the first few times and after I got over that, we had like really good conversations. Um, we broke out a few times and the last time I saw him, I felt like, like we were like, we were, um, like pals, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. like we hung out, we drank together, we got trashed and he left like, you know? Right. So it was like, it, we didn't talk about anything music. We talked about life. Like it was one of the coolest conversations i had unfortunately the, the last one mm-hmm. but um but yeah i felt like we i mean not that we were friends and you know texted each other or anything like that but uh i definitely felt like there was um a a, a bond that was formed right you right know? right right you know and as a as a fan i i was able to kind of get over that right you know, right that struckness more... which took for with anybody pantera like it right. just takes forever you know yeah absolutely um how long, how long after that last time you hung out with him did he pass away? Um, not that long. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. You know, I uh, I never met Vinny, although I did see he stood like five feet from me. Uh, I went to go see Motley Crue in in Las Vegas, <laughs> nice. and I turn and he's right there, and I'm like, "What do I watch? Do I just stare at Vinny, or do I stare <laughs> at the show? Because he's." Damn, I mean, it's Vinnie Paul. That dude was awesome. He was awesome. I would have just stared at (laughs) Vinnie. He was a real deal. Yeah. Like, he seems like it. Like, he just seemed like he was all about it through and through, you know? Um, I went, I I was fortunate. I got to see Pantera four times. So, super fortunate. Um, I know that, um, you know, I, I got, I remember as a kid, so happy catching a pick from Rex and right. and I know you know Rex, right? So Yeah. You guys are super um, nice as well. I'm very happy for him. Um just I don't know, I think that's it's just really interesting to know that I don't know, I guess that other people see Pantera the way I I do or have, you know, I don't know. And then I think just what adds to that too is the fact that they're no longer here, so it's kind of like like fuck. Like it's almost like um a, a feeling of like never closing that I don't know. I don't know. So that brings me to my next question. Uh, how do you feel about the reunion, the quote unquote reunion of Pantera? I mean, I feel like it's not my place to even have an opinion on it. Right. Like they're, it's their band. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what? Like, I know it's like the Abbott, Abbott brothers band, but it's also Rex and Phil's and if they want to do it. They should do right. it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel Adrian? Did we talk about this? Yeah. You had asked me about it. Um, 
it's uh you know it's it's like peppa said it's it's what they need they feel they need to do right it's a little weird for me you know i mean i'm not sure as, it's weird for them i'm not as <laughs> a big know? fan as you guys are but i just because of how um hellbent um diamond Vinny were on never doing anything with fucking phil anselmo ever again right it was always fuck that guy never again uh-huh. they pass and now it's like oh guess what we're gonna do i love it man i i think that the musicians they're they're doing it with um there's a guy from anthrax right mm-hmm. charlie from anthrax and who's oh and zach, zach wild, wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i feel like it's um I don't know. I I feel like it's it's almost would be a waste if they didn't do it. That's that's my personal yeah. opinion. But I know a lot of people are mixed, dude. Like it's crazy. Like reading this stuff, people are talking shit. Like, but I'm like, but fuck those people. Yeah, right. Like, you don't do it. You know, right, you, know, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or it's like it's like I always say. Then don't go to the show. Exactly. Right. You're mad about it. Fine, but no fucking go. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like they have every right to do it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. And if you like it or you don't like it, it really doesn't matter. Right. Um, it's like with the Chili Peppers and John Frusciante, right? Everyone's real mad about it, but... Why were they mad about that? Uh, it's just John Frusciante is such a staple in that band. You know what I mean? When they moved, when he left the band and then they brought this John Hoppenheimer guy or whoever he was... Uh, you know, it's kind of we want John, but now, oh, okay. now John is back. And were they like that when Dave Navarro joined? Oh, dude, do not even bring up that album to a real really? Chili Pepper fan. Yeah, <laughs> the, the roller coaster song. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so on that note, you wanted to get into the chat real quick. Yes, let's do the chat real quick. Okay, so you say we're going to start recapping. So, what did you think about Body Slam, dude? Body Slam is really good, man. They were like straight up that. I mean, like strife hardcore. Like, but they're like young, dude, they're, they're young dudes. Yeah. I was, I saw, they started posting a bunch of stories. Uh, they were playing some show in LA and I was like, dang, these are young guys. But what they're doing is it's really good, man. Um, I was listening to them quite extensively. I love the fact that they bring in and not only just in their lyrics, but they bring in that Chicano culture, uh, mix, I I think there was like an intro or something where it's like a like a, a Mexican song that mm-hmm. comes on and just I was longing oh and then there was one song where he starts singing in Spanish yeah I will say that I was longing for more of that it was just right. so good dude yeah um I really really obviously these guys are up and coming I I love what they're doing man yeah. uh, going back to what we were saying earlier about that people doing. Uh, like bands that kind of sound cookie cutter, like these guys sound authentic, like authentic hardcore. And the fact that they're combining that Chicano culture yeah. um, into what they're doing, dude, I absolutely love it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Sticking with that theme. Well, and today on the chat, <laughs> is that how you wanted it? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I wanted to kind of stick with that same theme because I went down the rabbit hole when I found Barrio Slam, right? I just kept looking up similar bands, this and that. Turns out, what? I have a feeling you're going to mention the same band that I discovered as a result of listening to well, Barrio let's Slam. See. Let's see. Turns out, us Mexicans, we like our hardcore, right? So there's another band from LA that I found that are absolutely fucking amazing. They have... 13,000 followers on Spotify. They've been around for 
a few years. 2021 was their first album. And they are a band by the name of Desmadre. No? Not the band? No. The 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 band that I discovered, uh, they're hardcore, like more punk, mm-hmm. and they have a female singer. Oh, okay. Well, save that. All right. No, I'm talking about Desmadre. Another... They're, they label themselves here as metal hardcore band from Los Angeles, California. But all Mexican dudes, man, fucking chilled it out. The singer wears a, a clown nose. Mm. Yeah, but they're fucking awesome. Mm, I highly recommend it. So if you like Barrio Slam, you will like Desmadre. So cholo out with a clown nose, huh? Yep. <laughs> That's definitely different. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and how many uh, listeners do they have? Because I just said it, I'll say it again. Right, Thir- sorry. 13,426. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not good at listening when you tell me how many listeners. You're not good at listening to me, period. Yeah, I know. So this uh, is bands that you discover while you're shitting, right? Well, it's not not literally while I'm shitting. Well, yes. Sometimes. But no, I just... I'm a and big, it's up and coming bands. Uh, Paul would like me to focus more on up and coming <laughs> bands, but literally, dude, I do... You know, back in the day... They used to call it um, crate digging, right? Mm-hmm. Just looking for records. That's the digital version. Every day for hours, I just look for new bands to check out, listen yeah, right, to man. new shit because I'm just craving new shit all the time. And so, I hate it though because like I don't look for new bands, right? I'm very, I hate to say it. Sometimes I just go back and listen to whatever. Yeah. And uh, But every once in a while, a band will pop up and I'll be like, ah, these guys are pretty good. And then so I'll send it to Adrian. And the shitty part is, is that he always, oh yeah, of course, man. I've known about these guys for like 10 years. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So he's always introducing me into new bands. And so. There's a band called Pendejo. Oh. Who's like a stoner male band uh, in Spanish. Oh, wow. But they're from Holland. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. They're really good. Pendejo. You guys should check them out. I need to, uh, I need to check that out. Speaking of that, though, Adrian, are, am I allowed to uh, no. talk about the band that I discovered? I'm curious to see if you're going to know who they are. The female friend of band. You're yeah, talking about? they're called Bayasa. No, I've never heard them, dude. They're really good. You should check them out. Why did you ask permission? Because he gets mad at me and says, "Well, just save it for the next episode, man." <laughs> Right, <laughs> yeah, but you asking on air. Oh, I know, but yeah, it puts me on the spot. Puts baby. you on the spot exactly, and that's why I have to do You're it. Such a manipulator, Paul. I know, man. <laughs> um, another thing, you had asked me a couple episodes to bring up Grizzly Bear and Starfucker. Oh man, I think I and I have it in notes. my notes. I think I erased my notes because you those were two bands that you had never heard of that I told you that they happened to both show up on my Spotify Wrapped. Yeah, we're going to have to revisit that. I re- I erased my notes on that. Spotify Wrapped. Do you have Spotify? I do. Do you know who's on your Spotify Wrapped? I don't even know what Spotify Wrapped is. It's where at the end of the year they tell you who you listen to the most. Oh, no. Oh, man, I should have asked you to prepare. That would have been cool to know. But it, they send you this whole thing. It's like a video that shows you. But I don't really listen to Spotify. Oh, okay. That makes I sense. I usually use iTunes. Dude, right? That's I used to always be, until he was like, it's all about Spotify, so I switched over. The reason I switched over, though, is because iTunes took out that where you can download the song or whatever, or I don't know, maybe they still... They took out something that I was like, well, this sucks, so I had to switch to Spotify. Yeah, and it's fucking amazing, right? <sighs> don't lie. Whatever. You love it. All right, anything else? No, man. That's it. Well, before we, we wrap it up... Um, I never wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
Um, you know, I want to say, you know, check out Nevermore Records, uh, our YouTube channel. Um, just again, search Nevermore Records, Plastic Realm Toys, which is Adrian's YouTube channel. Thank you. Uh, follow us on Instagram on H and H underscore podcasts, and you can find us on Facebook. Um, same thing, half and half. We also have a um, a private group. Um, follow our recording studio on Instagram, Nevermore underscore Records underscore EPTX, which now you all know is connected to Let There Be Rock. So I believe it's just Let There Be Rock EP, EP. right? Yeah. And even the website is www.letthereberockep.com. Dot com, yeah. And um, and our guitar company, which is still in the works, yes. Nevermore underscore guitars or nevermoreguitars.com. Um, you know, where can they find you, Bebe? If uh, um, on Instagram, I'm uh, King King Drums. No, King Pepe. Uh huh. King Pepe. And that's Y, right? King with a Y. That's right. King with a Y. K Y N G Pepe. Uh, King Band, and uh, that's it. Okay. And if yeah. you want to find me, just text Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, I do want to also just um, put out there again for for you you podcast listeners, check out our boys uh, at Whip Shaded and Faded, Eric uh, Cherub Ward and <laughs> Miker. Uh, they have a great tat, uh, podcast about tattooing. If you want to know all these cool tattooing stories, uh, they also have guests on that they interview um, other world-renowned tattooers. Also, check out our boys at Exiled Inc. Mm-hmm. Another Exiled podcast. Exiled podcast. Shout out to Stevie and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to know that I, I do love you, Stevie. But <laughs> you started it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, check out. Uh, those two amazing podcasts. So with that, Pepe, really appreciate. I know we've been talking about you being on for months, and so it's nice to finally have yeah. it come to fruition. And this oh, won't thank be you the, for having me. This won't be the last time, right? Let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just thank you, dude. Like, and just, I just want to say, isn't it weird that we have a guitar player, a bass player, and a drummer here? We'll change the name to one third, one third, one third. But, <laughs> but yet we're not in a band. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what? But yet we're not in a band. Oh, that's strange. Mean, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, dude. I truly appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you for um, giving us your time. Love no, thank the you guys. Can't yeah. wait to have you back on. We're definitely going to have him back on because there's yep. plenty Absolutely. of stories to go around for probably a dozen episodes at least. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Pippin. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thank All you, right. everybody. See you uh, next time. Bye. 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 Bye.